in 90 days, we are going to have our, our last breath. Whoa. Okay. Okay. So So day one working with you, we've got 90 days to live. Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, folks, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I am grateful to have Amy Yannick. Amy Yannick is of Leaving in Love. She is a certified end-of-life coach, doula, and educator. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate you inviting me. So what's a doula? What's a doula do? A doula do, do the doula. Um, <laughs> so do the word doula goes back to ancient Greek times, or it's actually, it is a Greek word, and it means um, servant. So... Um, way back, like think a hundred years ago when families were all living together and the men were out doing the work out of the house and the women were in the house, um, taking care of one another, helping to birth children and helping to usher life out towards the end and multi-generational homes. And the doula was there to serve, to serve in an emotional way, in a physical way, in a spiritual way, but just to be of service. I love that. So who are you of service to? So I I am a coach. I am I am trained as a coach. I've been a coach for 20 years and um I've worked mostly with women and uh just helping people to be proactive in their lives instead of being a victim of circumstances, this happened to me. It's more being proactive about how you want your life to unfold. And I've been doing that primarily with women for over 20 years in the health and fitness industry um, as a life coach. And later I did it as a nutrition coach when I was um, cooking and preparing meals for busy families. So just helping people be proactive, plan meals ahead of time so that you don't get to that place where you're reactive, right? Like, oh no, I didn't plan for dinner. Let's just order pizza. Mm. And your, your goal isn't to eat pizza, it's to eat healthy. So how do we be proactive in our lives in all aspects of our lives? So help us understand. Uh, so we're working with you. What are some of the steps we take with you? Mainly what I do is I, I teach a workshop. Okay. On Zoom. It's called What Matters Most. Okay. And this workshop is uh, based on the assumption that, or the idea, let's not assume, the idea that in 90 days, we are going to have our our last breath. Whoa. Okay. Okay. So, so day one working with you, we've got 90 days to live. Yeah. So my, I have very small, very intimate groups because this is very personal and, and intimate, vulnerable work. So we have a group of six on zoom and together we put our death date on the screen and we realize that 90 days from this day, we are working towards what we want our end of life to look like. Wow. 
So what's most important, right? What yeah, is what matters most? Interesting. So tell us how that plays out. So you have a group of six. Do they know one another? Are they? Not necessarily. They can. Yeah. Um, I've had people who, who know each other and who have referred, you know, they've heard of me and they referred a friend and they're doing it together. I had a mother and daughter team on in my last class. So That's you don't have awesome. to know each other. So, so, okay. So now we, we join through this zoom workshop and we pick the day. Is everyone picking 90 days out? I pick the date. Yeah. Okay. I let them know this is your death date. Yep. And then what? So then we start to talk about, um, well, we set the stage. So setting the stage is really important because we need to, do you know what I mean when I say hold space? No. So we're creating an environment because we're going to be together for six weeks an yeah. hour and a half at a time. So we need to create an environment that feels safe because we're talking about something that can be very vulnerable. So we're setting the stage in that very first class to create um, respect and safety and bravery an opportunity mm. to be brave. And we have, um, I have sacred agreements that we go over. So we're not there to fix anybody. We're there to, I, I share with them some of the principles that I learned as an end of life coach and doula, some of which are that we just send love instead of trying to rush in and fix. If we were in person and somebody started to cry, everybody wants to run and give them a tissue, you know, and pat their back. And what holding space is, is it's just allowing that person to have that experience in a container, so to speak, of, of safety and allows them to feel their emotions, not feel like they have to come to any solution but just have the emotion and have other people witness them. And I don't think we do that a whole lot in our day-to-day -day lives. No, we, we, we attempt to solve problems, don't we? Lots of fixing. So mm. in, in that first class, we talk about nobody's here to be fixed. We're here to have experiences. Right. You have to, in essence, be broken in order to need fixing, right? None of us are broken yeah. here. Yeah. Emotions. You know, some people think that, you know, feeling a certain way, whether it's about um, whether you're grieving someone or you're, you're, you have emotions about death. We all do. Mm. Most of the, most of the emotion is about fear and anxiety. So if you have that emotion, don't suppress it, let it move through you. Like let's take it out and explore what, what is that fear about? What is that anxiety about? And when we talk about it, it helps to neutralize the charge. Right. And then it's a little bit easier. It's like you're breaking it down into bite-sized pieces that you can, you can look at, you can explore, you can learn about where that fear and anxiety might be coming from. And then see what, see what comes up, see what matters most to you through that fear and anxiety and exploring that. Oftentimes, this is what you learn. Okay, here's where that's coming from. This is why I'm so afraid. Now I can I can work on that, work through that. I love it. Okay, so now we have a safe space. Where do we go with our death date? 
Okay. So after the safe, safe, safe space is created, I send, we end that first class and I send an email with a group of reflection questions. So the rest of the class is broken down into, um, different parts of your life. We'll call them domains. Okay. Okay. So we've got different domains. You've got your physical domain, which is your physical body and your environment, your home environment. Yeah. Now remember this is all under the, the, um, idea that you're going to die in 90 days. So all these reflection questions are being answered under that, um, that idea. So our physical body, our spiritual practices and beliefs, we have our legacy, like what are we leaving behind? You have your emotional life, your relationship to emotions and your relationship with other people and the emotions that are combined within that relation, those relationships with other people. So that, that, that one's a really juicy one, the emotional one. And then you have the practical domain. And the practical domain includes like the practical stuff. Do you have your quote unquote affairs in yeah. order? But also, practically speaking, what do you want to happen to your body after death, after death care? And what are the what are the steps that you know your loved ones are going to take after you die? Like what are those actual practical steps that need to happen? Mm. So there's a good balance of the emotional stuff and the practical stuff. But each week, I give my students, a set of reflection questions for each one of these domains and their homework is to sit down and answer them under this umbrella of, I am going to die in 90 days. Huh? That's pretty powerful. So share with us some examples of the people who've come in and what they've gained from the experience. Um, so I've, I've had an all guys group, uh -huh. which was very interesting versus an all women's group. Um, I find that the men, um, really like to, to lean into the practical part, interesting. right? And the, the emotional part was a little bit more, um, I needed to encourage a little bit more. But one of the, um, a gentleman in particular that I remember, he had, he did, had done a lot of work in, in his, um, exploration of death and dying. Um, Interesting. he learned that he had a fear of sudden death and he wouldn't have had the time to tell his children how important they were to him. Mm. So what matters what mattered most to him in that scenario was writing letters to each one of his children expressing how much they mean to him so the part the part of the work like the coaching part of the work is to actually create some accountability so that when you answer these reflection questions on your own we come back as a group we talk about what came up for you and then we create action steps because the, the product, so to speak, at the end of this class is a, a purposeful end-of-life care plan. And what it looks like is if you imagine a map, you're starting in this place right here. So here's where the coaching comes in, right? A okay. coach helps you to get from where you are now to where you want to be. Yeah. So you're here now. 
in what we call the current reality. So we'll take this gentleman, for example, his current reality is that he has some fear around sudden death and there's no way to know how we're going to die. It's very possible that it could be sudden. So that's his fear is that he hasn't told his children how much they mean to him. Mm. His vision for that is that he write that he he express fully how he feels about his children, what they've meant to him. So an action step to help make that happen is to sit down and write those letters. Now we all have these. Oh, I should really do that. Mm. Like I really want to do that. That sounds like something that you know would be meaningful. But we go beyond that. We go deeper than that, and we actually say, okay. When are you going to start that? What's the date? Have you cleared your schedule? And are you going to type it or are you going to write it with, you know, handwrite it? Mm. Like how exactly are you going to make this happen? And by what date are you going to do that? By what date? I love by that. By what date? So these action steps are, they're smart goals. Right. Right. So that it gets done. So this isn't just another class. Like how many how many things have you done? You know, personal development. I'm going to um, I'm going to get stuff done. How many times have you walked away and went, oh, I just I forgot about it. I didn't do it. Something else happened. Life got in the way. We set this up so that you get your stuff done. I love it. And when you're referring to SMART goals, you're not referring to intelligent goals. You're referring to the acronym, right? Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. And right. we and part of part of one of the classes is talking about SMART goals. Like right. this is what your action steps need to look like. You only have 90 days. You only have 90 days. I love yeah, that. This class is six weeks long. But you only have 90 days until until your death date. What's important now? And what's attainable? And what's attainable? What's realistic? Exactly. And it's timely now. Yeah. Wow. So that's purposeful work there. How did you get into that space? Um, I can honestly say I was led there. Cool. <laughs> this I is this is not anything that I set out to do that I thought I'd ever do. This was not my space. My space has always been a combination of the coaching and fitness and nutrition. Okay. Um, I had a, a, a business where I was cooking for busy families and delivering mm -hmm. food. And when COVID hit, that just came to a stop because everybody was home doing their own cooking. And I spent some time trying to figure out what was next for me. And my husband, knowing me so well, said, why don't you volunteer so that you feel purposeful? Because I didn't. I was lacking that sense of purpose. And servant, being a servant. Um, I'm a nurturer. Uh, so I, I, I searched our area for opportunities to, to volunteer. And I, I came upon a hospice volunteering position. Oh, cool. And it, it was kind of like a tap on my shoulder that said, go there do that. So I became a hospice volunteer, went through that training, started to visit with hospice patients and found it so rewarding. Mm. 
I was on vacation. We were on our way to vacation and I was looking in the bookstore for a novel and I came across this book by Jody Picoult called The Book of Two Ways. And I'm reading the back of it and it said that the the main character was a death doula. And again, like that one was more like a, a shiver, a chill, mm-hmm. right? Like what is a death doula? Had never heard of it. So I spent most of the time on vacation searching you know, researching what is a death doula? How can I become a death doula? That was December of 21. In January of 22, I I started my certification. I spent the entire year getting certified as a death doula coach and educator. And here I am. And where did you do that? Where, where did you do the, the certificate and training? Um, I went to the conscious dying Institute. It's out of Boulder, Colorado, but everything was virtual. Oh, cool. Very cool. I love the fact that you are open to the idea that this was a calling. Help me understand that a little bit better. I have no other way to describe it. I my There's nothing in my history that would make me believe that I would be doing this kind of work. I've never had a fear of death. My first experience with death, I was seven years old when my grandfather died, but I remember being you know, moved out of the way, like get the kids out of mm-hmm. here. But I never felt fear. It always felt like it It was just part of the circle of life. My dad died when I was 25. And I remember he, you know, as he was declining, I was right there next to him. I was talking to him. I said the things that I needed to say so that I would feel complete. I didn't know that that's what I was doing, but I wanted to make sure I told him how I felt about him before he died. So as I look back, I see how death, I wasn't afraid of it. It just made sense to me. It's just part of the journey. So when I came upon this profession of being a death doula and I started doing my volunteer work and sitting bedside with people who were at the very end of life. And I know that it it can be hard to hear this, but it's a beautiful part of our journey. It can be a beautiful part of our journey. And that's one of the, the reasons why I'm doing this work is because oftentimes it's not. Mm. Oftentimes it's really messy. And that's mostly for the loved ones who are left behind because these conversations haven't been had. This is the proactive part. Right. So if you talk to your family about your end of life wishes, if your whole family understands how you want to see it, and just just like a birthing plan, you can have all the best plans set out and then the universe wants something different but at least you have an idea of what direction you want to go in so that the people who are surrounding you can can speak to what might be the best next step but if you don't talk to them they don't know and then there could be arguments between siblings or friends or oh well mom told me at lunch that she wants to be cremated well we had lunch after that and she said she definitely doesn't uh-huh. and, like there's nothing in writing there's no conversation and the last thing you want to be doing after you've experienced the death of a loved one is argue mm. 
and, and not have a moment, the moments that you need to embrace each other and to feel the pain and to start the grieving process. Same thing goes for all the practical pieces. We just had a death in our family in April and I've been spending the past month doing the practical stuff. I've just compartmentalized the actual death and I am dealing with the practical part of it. I don't know when I'll deal with the actual death because this stuff has to be taken care of, right? That, you know, the, the financial pieces and, you know, the practical pieces yes. are what are emergent, but not necessarily the most important. What What is it that most people are thinking as they procrastinate? Is it that it's not going to matter once I'm gone or it's so far down the line or simply I can't really talk about my mortality. Okay. I hope you don't uh, get mad at me, but no. do you have all your affairs in order? So yes, ish. Uh, I feel very good that I'm buttoned up with the proper buckets. Um, one of our our taglines, and I've been holding back, but one of our taglines at my law firm is um, it's always better to be proactive so you're not forced to be reactive. And a lot of our yeah. planning is proactive based, right? So real estate transactions, let's help you analyze due diligence, be prepared, close and sleep well. So estate, have you had- Estate ha planning, same thing. Yeah. So have you had the important conversations with your loved ones? With respect to what? Your end of life wishes. No. Okay. So I'll, I'll just throw the question back to you. What prevents you from having those conversations? So practically speaking, the you know estate plan the documents the funding of titling of properties yes that's done have we had conversations about specifics of uh do we want to be buried or do we want to uh be put out to sea or do we what have you no and i guess the answer to that question is I don't know why we haven't. I haven't thought about it, right? Mm. So I don't want to think about it, right? So these are the same conversations that we have with clients who are struggling to take that next step and finalize their estate plan. Like, why? Because it's not something that's comfortable to talk about. It's, it's far not, away. It's, yeah, it's very uncomfortable. It's It hopefully is far away. Right. You don't know that. Correct. And there's there's a million stories about it not being far. I have one. My brother, five days before his 55th birthday, dropped dead of a heart attack. Mm. Zero notice. Like we had, it was completely unexpected. Like you don't know. My Nana, almost 102 before she died. Right. You just, you don't know. So I, I, I think that avoidance, you know, of, of these conversations is because, and it's silly, 
but I think people think that death is talking about death is contagious. It's like, right. there's, there's this great saying, like, you're not going to get pregnant talking about sex. You're not going to die talking about death. You know, it's interesting. We've had these conversations around suicide also, right? People are afraid to talk about suicide for fear of putting that thought into somebody's head. Well, if it's already thinking there. About it, yeah, they're not, yeah. you're not doing that, but that's interesting. You know, and we have older clients who I believe you are spot on that they push it out because the fear that they get everything in order means it's over. Yeah. It's like hospice. Well, if you're on hospice, then here we go. This is the end. You know, that's not necessarily the case. So it's, it's reframing. It's, um, it's neutralizing the fear by talking about it. You know, I think that you know, I've been talking about it for a year and a half now, like being in the conversation for all this time. And I, I am challenged in conversations with people who are not in this conversation, because I think they, they see me talking about this as if it doesn't have the weight that everybody thinks it has. Like, I try not to say people pass away. I try to name what happens. They've died. And sometimes people are like taken aback. It's but like the the death in my family. He died. And people kind of, oh, I didn't hear that he passed away. You know, it's mm. like, well, okay, that's a way to say it, but he died. You know, let's let's say what it is and stop tiptoeing around the conversation. We're all going to get to that place. Let's figure out a way to make it as uniquely yours as we possibly can, empower you to have choice as much as you can. It's a, it's a time of life where we feel so out of control, right? We don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to happen. Okay, that's understood. But some people do have a gift of time with a diagnosis. And that's another thing that's hard for people to accept is that it's a gift. But when you do have the diagnosis and you understand that that, that date is coming faster than you might have expected, now time has a whole new meaning. Mm. Like what do you want to do and who do you want to do it with during this time? And that is a gift because if my death date is in three months and I don't know that, I might not be doing the things that I would have done had I known that. And that's why I think it's important to do this work, understand what matters most to you in these areas of your life. And the cool thing, the magic of this workshop is that when you do start to um, take action on the steps, your life starts to, it's enhanced because Give me now an example. You... Give me an example of somebody who uh, went into the workshop and, and enhanced, like what, what happened specifically? Give us an example. Okay. I'm going to use myself. Cool. Okay. When I went through this training, because I had to, I had to do this work in order sure. to learn how to teach this work. And, and I'm talking about the smallest things. So fighting with my husband is so different now 
because I, I wonder, is this really what's important to me? Mm. Like, is this, is this part of the argument really what I want to, you know, put my stake in the ground on? Because in the big scheme of things, this isn't important. I can give this up. You know, he travels when he leaves. I have a different perspective on him leaving than I used to, you know, okay, bye. Have a nice trip. Now it's like, there's a moment because I'm more present. I'm more present in nature. Like when it rains, I wonder, could this be my last rainfall? Like these are things that have become very present in my thought process that weren't there before because I know at any moment, you don't think that I walk around wondering, is the same thing going to happen to me that happened to my brother? Right. So, so more of a peaceful understanding as opposed to, uh, you know, obsessed. Say more about obsessed where somebody says, I wonder if this is going to be the last rainstorm that I'm walking through. Is that, is there a question of, okay, I'm thinking too much about this as opposed to I'm really at peace with the fact that I'm organized and prepared. Yeah, No, it's actually a sense of gratitude. Okay. It's like, if this is my last rainfall, and I put my head up to the sky and I feel the rain on my face. It's like, okay, I am present to this last rainfall. I, you know, the smell of rain, mm. you know, the feeling on my face. Um, it, it's that it's being grateful for the moments, grateful for, for all. Yeah. Just grateful for the moments of life. I see life so differently. I love it is, that. It is a gift. But I mean, if you think about it, it's like this, you you have this short period of time in this physical body and it's carrying you from place to place, allowing you to do all these things with the people that you love, hold, hold your, your uh, loved ones, pet your pets, create things. I mean, it's just, life is enhanced. Live it. Live it. Okay. So somebody finds you and participates in your workshop six weeks long. They've completed it and they want to give you a testimonial. What does that say? May I share one of them with you? Yes, you may. Okay. All right. So this is, this was a, um, the mother of a mother daughter duo who attended one of my classes. So this is the mom. She wrote, do it. You are going to die sometime. What if it's in three months? Are you ready? Is your family prepared? Amy will kindly and gently guide you through her step-by-step process so that when your time comes, you won't have regrets and your family will know exactly what you want done. No lie, it's hard, but it's also rewarding. Whether it's spiritual, emotional, physical, or practical, she covers it all. Having done this work, you will more fully appreciate and enjoy living. Wow. That's That's exactly what I want. I intend for people to get out of this work. And I love that she wrote, no lie, it's hard, because it is hard work. 
anything worth doing is also hard, right? very rewarding. Yes. There is no growth when you're comfortable. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to get a group of people together and yes. we're going to network and we're going to share experiences and uh, share interests. But at the center of it all is karaoke. And, you know, being on a podcast, you're pushing outside the comfort zones. Karaoke is the epitome of pushing outside the comfort zones. So, Amy, you're up next. What are you singing? Charlie Daniels Band, Devil Went Down to Georgia. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I love it. That's a good one, too. I love the theme around it, too. Right now, well, that's Amy, been my karaoke song for years oh, before for this. Oh, before this death work even came into my mind. Years. Oh, funny, I thought for sure this was a, this was uh, for the for the purpose of the podcast. So you've you actually know. sang "The Devil Went Down to Georgia." I have not yet sung it, but oh. I know it word for word. And you're ready. Yes. I I'm right. I'll it. I'll I'll say yes to the invitation for that networking event. I cannot wait. So the most important question of them all, Amy. Uh, somebody hears this and they're very interested in getting involved and being a participant in your workshop. How do they get in touch with you? So I have mentioned the intimacy of this work. Yep. Um, I do have a website, and that's to help people to understand a little bit more about what. I do, what is a doula, what's the workshop like, but I really like to connect one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. and have a conversation. So I would invite people to go to the website, hit the contact Amy button um, and shoot me an email or they're welcome to, to call me or text and, me. And where do you find the website? Leavinginlove.com. Leavinginlove.com. I love that. Yeah, because that's, that's the goal, is that when you're on your deathbed, like you've done all this work, you're surrounded by the people who love you and who mm -hmm. you loved, and instead of leaving in fear and anxiety and regret, you're leaving with a sense of contentment and gratitude and love. And love. Very peaceful. Well, Amy, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story and the practice that you have. I really am grateful. I am too. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate this time. Well, folks, this has been another wonderful episode of Elements of Styles. If you learned something today, if you were moved, if you thought of somebody, share this with them. In fact, share it with everyone. Have a great week, everybody. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own 
and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.